Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am so excited for today's episode because I'm having a guest speaker, my best friend, Courtney, and we are actually starting a new series on the podcast called Unconventional Conversations with Courtney and Elle. And this is where we're having conversations about topics that, you know, kind of get us to dig deeper and look at life from a different perspective. Topics that might go against the status quo a little bit. But really, it's all about looking at life through a different perspective and being open-minded, allowing yourself to see other perspectives and kind of shift your mindset a little bit away from the typical conditioned mindset that we have from society and topics about healing your inner child, doing the inner work, a little bit about conditioned beliefs and how to change your conditioned beliefs so that you can see life through a different lens. Honestly, we just have these philosophical conversations all the time on the phone. And one day we were just like, what if we started recording our conversations and shared them with people on a podcast? And I was like, yeah, this is an amazing idea. I already have a podcast, so let's just started out with this series and eventually we're hoping to, you know, move and have our own podcast where we have just these conversations. So we're really excited about this and I'm so excited for you to meet Courtney. So without further ado, let's jump into it. beautiful souls and welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited for today's episode because I am joined by my best friend, Courtney. Hi. (laughs) This is her first time on the podcast and we've actually had this idea to record podcast episodes together for so long now. I feel like this has been a goal of ours. I feel like we've both just kind of been switching up what we want to do and that's been kind of hard and difficult to just manage daily life and trying to figure out our career goals. So this got pushed off to the back burner a little bit, but now we are ready and 2023 is going to be so fun because I feel like we're going to be doing so many episodes for you guys. I cannot wait. Um, Yeah. So I guess I should kind of say that we are thinking about, well, actually we're not thinking anymore. We are starting a series together. What should we call this series? We never really thought about like a name to call it. It's like... I had a name in mind, but I feel like we're going to have to have like a, like a brainstorming meeting to come up with the, the perfect name. There's so many things that we're going to talk about that like from mental health to existential things, to gratitude, to journaling, to just life in general, that I feel like the main point of our podcast is that we want to help people and share a positive outlet where we're talking about different things that help people and just Absolutely. touching touching on different things so making the world a better place instead of a worse place exactly (laughs) that now yeah it's funny because Courtney is one of my good good friends honestly best friend we have been friends for like how many years now like 20 yeah so technically we weren't like best friends 
our whole lives but we grew up on the same street so Lauren lived what maybe like four houses down the street and Mm -hmm. we grew up playing outdoors like tag and riding bicycles is probably the thing we did the most but we weren't like best of friends until maybe high school yeah it was like interesting because I know a lot of the listeners know a little bit of my background of, you know, how crazy and imp- like impactful that street was on my life. Because from other episodes, I talk about another friend that I had on that street who had lost her parents and whatnot. Courtney was also there at the time. So she kind of knows about that as well. But yeah, I feel like I was going through such a difficult time at that point. And Courtney was always older than me, but she's not that much older than me. But for some reason, my mom don't age like, me. <laughs> I know my mom, she's two years older than me. My mom was like, Oh no, she's older than you. You have to be careful with the ones that are older than you. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, but that's and, true um, because the, <laughs> one of the first times your parents actually let me over, I a natural redhead can't control my <laughs> excitement uh for all you redheads out there you know what I'm talking about you just get really rambunctious and (laughs) we were just playing outside and I just like thought it was funny to drag you across the yard and gave you grass burn (gasps) and then wasn't allowed to come over for like years in my mind which it was probably like a month but in my mind it was like forever yeah so your mom was probably right yeah I think that I think that was one of the reasons as to why we were like not hanging out as much at first but that's so funny anyway it was like my eighth grade year to like freshman year when when we really became close like we were driving in your boyfriend's truck at the time just jamming to music and going to Dunkin Donuts Dunkin Donuts taking (laughs) naps on the couch like after school yeah we were like inseparable at that time and ever since then I mean we've had one little falling out over a guy but other than that not like a guy that we both liked but a whole other story but we'll explain that yeah, we'll explain that <laughs> um, when we start talking about uh, red flags and relationships. Right. It's so perfect. That's <laughs> see, there's so many things. We're not going to limit you or ourselves on this at all. Uh, yeah, I would say we've only had like one major falling out, which is pretty lucky and pretty rare because I feel like a lot of people, as you grow up, you lose your friendships because people are growing and changing one thing I've always appreciated about both of us is that we've always accepted each other for yeah. where we were growing and we're extremely supportive exactly. without judgment. Exactly. And I think that's been so important for our friendship too. I kind of think of it like we never grew apart. It was like we grew together. Yeah. And I think growing together is, I feel like it's not really explained well, but growing part of growing together is is obviously that support system and that's in every relationship, not just friendships, but also the idea that someone can have a different passion from you or be working in a different area of their life. And that doesn't mean that you guys aren't connected. Like there was this aha moment. I remember being on the phone with you, talking to you recently, and I was having this aha moment where like a lot of our friendship, I've always been jealous of any other friend that you've ever had. I will admit that shamefully. Um, I'm like, you can't have any other, like, you're not even allowed to call anyone else your best friend. It's just not in the car. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm only one. And I had this moment recently where I was like, oh my God, like, she's going to be in my life forever. She has been in my life for forever. She supports me in ways that 
I couldn't even describe. I would just start crying on this podcast. But oh uh, so I was just like, I finally got to a place where I was secure enough in myself and our friendship that I felt, okay, I can share her with the world and share her with other friends and know that she's always going to come back to me. Yes. Exactly. And I feel the same way, honestly. And for those listening, our friendship has definitely been through it because she moved away from me. And let me tell you, it broke my heart. Yeah, because <laughs> we grew up in Massachusetts. I'm still living here, but she's in Texas. So I'm in ATX. <laughs> So anybody listening who has like a long distance best friend, you know that it it's not easy, but for some reason, I feel like it's easy for us at times, like to just it's, stay in touch and not lose that distance. I mean, not lose that closeness in the distance. Yeah, I think you've made a big effort, I would say, out of everyone in my life and I don't want to hold grudges. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. Obvious, obviously that wouldn't be healthy, but you're one of the people who's come to Austin the most and visited. And even like my 30th birthday just happened. Yes. I just aged myself. You came here for my birthday. You flew here. It was a total surprise. I was 100% on the couch, like taking a nap. And I was honestly pretty sad because I was like, okay, I really wanted you to come for selfish reasons. Obviously I love to spend time with you literally doing nothing. And I was like, okay, like she's got all these things going on. She's running her own business. She's helping other people. She's married. She has a house and pets and blah, blah, blah. And all these things. And I had like very sadly come to terms with like, she wasn't going to be here. And then my fiance at the time, who's now my husband just like randomly left to go do something, which is totally normal for him. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm tired of taking a nap. Meanwhile, you come back and you just open the door. And I was like, literally floored. Like, it's so hard. You don't understand. It's so hard to surprise me. And I had no clue. I was so flabbergasted. And then you rented the the tree house, which was was absolutely amazing. Well, it was fun minus all the, you know, wasps that we had to deal with. (laughs) That's what Trevor's for. (laughs) And the bird... We honestly, this is why mm. it felt like such like a, you know, I'm into spirituality and whatnot. Um, it felt like such a spiritual experience because we had this bird. Was it a Carl? What kind of bird was it again? Was it a Cardinal? No, I don't no, know. His name was Carl, right? Yeah. We named him Carl. I forget the type of bird. I feel like he was, uh, he was some type of red bird. I don't know if he was exactly a Cardinal, but he was definitely bright red. Yeah. And he literally just every morning would come to the window and knock on it like multiple times just kept knocking and then one time I remember I was looking at Trev and I was just like oh where's Carl and all of a sudden boom here he is knocking on the window I'm like what that was fun yeah no I had so much fun surprising you for that trip and I was panicking the entire time I was like she better not find out that I'm coming this (laughs) has to be a surprise I think there was one time like re like pretty shortly after I moved here that I went back for your birthday and I really didn't want you to know. I didn't want to tell you. And I think there was something to do with like the timing of my flight. And I needed you or Josh to pick me up. And Josh is her husband. And so I ended up, I think you ended up finding out before. 
I don't know because I remember one time when you showed up at my door knocking and I'm like waking up out of bed because like I'm oh yes it was that yeah you remember Josh Josh knew you had no idea I didn't know and then all of a sudden I I opened the door and there you are and I feel like did you have like a balloon or something I don't even remember that part but I was like oh my god yeah yeah surprises are hard but honestly and long distance is hard in any kind of relationship. Family, like I have family that's far away. You have family that's far away now. And it's just, you know, friends, long distance is hard. But I think just always having that check-in, that communication. I talk about that a lot of how important communication is in relationships. Even people who aren't even that far from you, I feel like sometimes I think I was just telling one of my friends the other day who has a lot on his plate and I was telling him, I was like, you know, I was thinking of you and I've been thinking of you because the last conversation we had, he like confided in me. He's got like a lot on his plate and I wanted to like, you know, be there for him and let him know, like, I'm, I'm here if you need to talk. And I told him, I'm like, I've been thinking about you so much and wanting to check up on you. And I finally sent you a text message. I finally sent him a text yesterday and he was like, thank you for checking on me. And I'm like, I should have checked on you soon. Yeah. And he's like, you're doing more than most people. And it's kind of like, we have this bad ritual, I think of either getting lost in our own daily tasks or just the overwhelmingness of life, or we're just not available emotionally to be there for other people, which that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, cause I think one of the, the biggest things that I've always heard all my life is like, oh, like we're just busy. We just don't have the time. And that's kind of what it's been for my family. Like I'll never forget the time I reached out to my dad's side of the family whom I haven't talked to in probably like 15 years now. And when I first tried to rekindle with them, I was like, oh, we should do a holiday party, like a holiday get together. My cousin's like, well, honestly, like, yeah, we're just so busy now, now that we're all grown up. So it's hard to get together and whatnot. And basically like rejected that, like, like that invite to like have a holiday party and whatnot because of just being busy. And I get that, but I also now look at it and it's been 15 years and we haven't gotten together and I haven't talked to them. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, you can be busy, but at the same time, you can also prioritize people that matter. Because mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, oh, 15 years have, has gone by and you haven't, like, we haven't spoke. Like, I guess we're not prioritizing each other literally at all. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think we, I try to be better about this, but um, a lot of people talk about it like a soul family. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have like a little group of like nursing school friends that I still haven't lost touch with. And we're exhausted and mm-hmm burnt out from school. And now we're all starting our careers and we still make an effort to get together to celebrate each other's birthdays. We're having a Halloween party. And like, so when you have like that relationship that feeds your soul, I think you tend to, to feed into that more. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's hard with family because you feel more of an obligation and maybe we're almost like blocking that soul connection we could have with them because we're yeah. too stuck in our mind about like, oh, this is a family member. This is an obligation I have. Yeah, Cause like, actually I will admit, I probably call you more than I call my own sister. That's a whole thing of like, maybe it's just like a block in my mind mm. of like, I just tend to call you more. Cause it's like less it feels like less of an obligation almost. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't love my sister. I love her dearly, but you are like my soul family. That makes sense. I was talking to my other friend the other day about 
family connections, putting boundaries down when it's a family member, because I think so many of us have this conditioned belief that like, oh, it's family, no matter what, they're your family. It doesn't matter if they treat you wrong. Like at the end of the day, they're your family. They need to be in your life. And we're like, no, like that's not, yeah. Like that's not it. Like if somebody's toxic, they're toxic. Like, even if they are family, you have to set that boundary. And I think because as a, as a collective, as a society, we've been conditioned to believe that family is everything. Blood is everything, you know, family comes first. Well, no, not necessarily. Why does it have to be that way? You know, there's a, there's an interesting book. I'm trying to look it up. So I just listen to free audiobooks because I'm a terrible person and I don't read as much as I should. But it's it was a book called Boundaries, When to Say Yes, When to Say No by John Townsend and Henry Cloud. And it was a really interesting book. And I love sharing whenever I read interesting books with you because yeah. I feel like you're open to that kind of stuff. And I'm sure people listening will definitely benefit from your book recommendations. Right. But it was talking about many different interesting things, but boundaries with family members and how we kind of have this pressure like societally on us to, whether it's a sibling or a parent um, or a grandparent, brother, sister, whatever it is to have them in our lives. And like, we're putting all this guilt and pressure on ourselves to make a relationship work without knowing or being taught boundaries or making ourselves so guilty about where our boundaries lie. And learning that like actually it's healthier for you to set that boundary and then you can actually have a better relationship with them in terms of like how you feel emotionally coming away from interactions because you've you've built that there and how sometimes boundaries can even see seem drastic but they might start with like no communication at first which I mean that can be a really significant step, but depending on what the toxicity or dysfunctional level is that you have with someone, you know, that might actually be the safest and healthiest option you have. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I always say like, yeah, setting boundaries is uncomfortable because somebody who is once so freely getting your energy or having access to you is no longer getting that access to you. And that is probably going to trigger some of their unhealed wounds, maybe rejection wounds or something like that. Like we're all just kind of constantly projecting our unhealed trauma, like our unhealed wounds back and forth to each other. So when you set boundaries, it's most likely going to trigger someone that you're setting the boundary for. But at the end of the day, it's not our our responsibility to be in control of somebody else's emotions or take on the responsibility of somebody else's emotions. It's Yeah. Also, I think what I've been seeing more recently, because if you see me on social media, I always post a lot about like mental health and psychology, because I think that that's so important in our world today and the trajectory of like social media and the, just the way that the world is going is that not everyone's behavior or the way that they treat you requires a reaction mm-hmm. from you. Like sometimes it's okay for you to just like take a step back and reflect and go home. And I think that that's really wise because I've if, if I think about myself personally, I've always been very like reactionary, right? When someone is reflecting or mirroring to me something that I need to work on, I'm immediately like angry or upset or triggered. In we internalize some- it. Yes. And then like, you know, sometimes the negative self-talk and all that starts to happen. And really what needs to happen is I need to go somewhere quiet and reflect on my own and think, okay, well, why did that bother me so much? Mm -hmm. And when did that start bothering me? 
Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle is that a lot of us don't like to do that self-reflection. We like to just instead, you know, it's easier to say, oh, this person's acting this way towards me. It's all their fault, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's also, and you know, you have to take the initiative to do the self-reflection to kind of be like, well, why am I attracting people like this into my life? Right. Because sometimes too, like if you have like a toxic relationship with someone, you know, it's not your fault that you're in a toxic relationship with someone, but at the end of the day, are you loving yourself enough to let toxic people go? Right. I think we also live in a society that doesn't promote aware, like self-aware, savvy consumers. We're very distracted. We have a lot of instant gratification and things that we can get immediately. And so it's not promoting. I mean, I think it's starting to turn. You're starting to see the turn, especially Mm -hmm. with like yoga, meditation, breath work the things that we're talking about and doing, but if for so long, there hasn't been this promotion of like, it's okay to be at home and do nothing and sit in the quiet and just reflect because part of the other reason I think there's so much unhealed wounds and trauma is none of us are processing how we feel, why we feel that way and where it all began. Cause like to full circle back around to our friendship, And the aha moment I had, I think a lot of, I had a lot of unhealed wounds with friends growing up where my personality or my family, whatever it may have been was too much for people. And I had different friends growing up who I thought we were really close. I thought we were great friends. And then they would come to school one day and be like, I don't like you. We're not actually friends anymore. And then they get a new best friend Mm -hmm. and- that rejection and unsteadiness in a relationship that because of how dysfunctional my home life was, I was relying so heavily on. And I think as kids, we also, I don't know what the right word is, but like put way too much importance on friendships when we're really young. Yeah. It made me really insecure. So it made me think that like, if you had any other friends, you weren't going to see my personal value Mm -hmm. and you were going to toss me off and cast me aside for someone else who may be more stereotypically beautiful or may have more money or may have more outgoing fun personality. And it was irrationally built on those things that had already happened to me. But like, if I didn't have you in my life, I wouldn't have thought about traumas and thought about, okay, let's sit or let's sit and have some quiet time to think about like, why is that like a fear of mine? Where does that come from? And it's not your fault. It has something to do with our personal friendship. Yeah. So I think that that's really important. No, I love that. That was that was a great example of how, you know, past traumas or just past situations where you were hurt by past friendships kind of made you feel a little bit like, oh my gosh, is this going to happen with her? Very understandable. But you were able to do, you know, that self-reflection to realize that. And I think now that, you know, we've been, you know, best friends for 20 years, I think we can feel pretty (laughs) confident in each other. Yeah. (laughs) I think you, I think you've more than proven yourself uh, like, uh, like a million times over now that you're actually not going to go anywhere. That ride Um, or die bestie for life. Yeah. Like through all I had a MySpace, you'd be my, my number one on my top 
Most, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind being number two if your husband was on there. But that's the <laughs> only person I will be number two to. Uh, is so funny. I remember those that. days. They literally set us up to fail right from the start. Think about it. MySpace, when you had to rate your friends and like you were oh always God, yeah. fighting over who was People were pissed. One. Yeah. People were pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> and like, I just think about all the toxic, like social media things back then. Like they had this thing. I don't know if anybody listening ever used form spring, but it was like where you could anonymously send in messages to people. And some of the messages were so freaking mean. Oh yeah. They would just go on anon- anonymously saying like, you know, you're so ugly or this and that, or like somebody would pretend to be in love with you when in reality it was just, you know, the girl down the street or the girl next door that was just like messing with you or whatever. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, like half and half in my like middle school, high school years, it was like divided, you know, like they, there's all these interesting conversations now that talk about how kids have a hard time mentally because like they never get away from their bullies. And we're starting to see it in like Netflix series and movies and that kind of stuff where like, you know, they're portraying like kids texting and being on social media and their bullies bullying them constantly when they're at home. And people always call millennials like crybabies, but like I'm a millennial, so to speak, I use that term loosely because, you know, I think we all actually ebb and flow a little bit. I don't like to categorize anyone fully, you know. It's not a new thing, you know, because MySpace and Facebook existed when I was growing up. I remember being bullied in school by boys and like them making like dinosaur noises because like I was, I hit my growth spurt before they did. And they would call me like Godzilla and stuff and still so traumatic to this, (laughs) to this day, I tell my husband um, and it infuriates him. But um, then, you know, there was my best friend at the time was a, was a male and I trusted him like intrinsically, like, because I'm so loyal, I just expected that I had found that in someone else. And so like, I gave my MySpace password to him because he was good with like the editing and design. Cause like back in the day, it's not like Facebook and Instagram were like, there's one layout and that's it. MySpace used to be able to go in and like customize your HTML, Mm, like format yourself. So that was a he lot, used actually. to help me, right? You used to be like a little coder, which actually was probably useful. Uh, so he would help me do that. And we had like a small group of friends and something happened. I don't exactly remember. It was middle school, high school. It was drama. We had a falling out for some reason. And he like changed my password on my MySpace and put like my actual address, my actual phone number, my actual picture, and then put like some really like inappropriate, like sexual acts that I was like going to do. And I was underage and my mom had to get the police involved because he had changed the password. So I couldn't get back in and take all that personal information down. So bullying around the clock is is not a new concept. And I think the reason millennials are having this push towards like mental health and talking about how we feel is like, that's part of it. Yeah. 100%. So that 
it's been cultivating. So social media, like I said, like we want to create this environment where like people can share their stories and talk about these things. We don't want people boxed in and we want everyone to know like you're not alone. Exactly. Exactly. I know people you in high school used to call you dookie pukey. I hated that. Dookie pukey. Smash their faces. And I used to, I had a really, I was really self-conscious about my teeth because when I was younger, I, I smashed my mouth on a coffee table and my gum bled in my tooth. I don't know what, whatever happened when my tooth came down, it was stained yellow and I used to get called. Wait, really? Day. That happened to you? Yeah, literally. I was like, you, you know, that I fell on a sidewalk as a kid and yeah. And that and it hit one of my teeth, one of my teeth and it went dead and it turned yellow on the corner. Yeah. We both did that. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. I didn't know that we both oh, did It was that. my biggest insecurity because my tooth was like, I was called like the big yellow buck tooth. Oh, I do remember <laughs> that. I do. Yeah. Now that you talk about, yes. And then that's why, so I actually went through, my mom worked for a dentist office. So I got so much dental work done because she was always like trying to help me so feel much. better about my smile and this and that. And your mom is sweet. Conscious. Yeah. So went through that, but yeah, people used to call me, you know, big yellow buck tooth bitch. I, I swear. I feel like a lot of people have We're gone. going to have to put an explicit thing, thing on here, but that's fine. I know. I didn't realize this. You know what? I love it. We'll do it. We, we should, go. because like the world's explicit, so it'll be fine. Honestly. Uh, well, but that's literally so cruel. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Well, no, I I'm mean, sorry. You had to go through what you did. I can't like. Why are kids so mean? Why are we why so are? mean as kids? And then I think about it. I'm like, well, brutal. what was their home life like? Because mm. I feel like for somebody to go and do these things, like go onto your account and like change the password and then like put up all this stuff about you. That's just not true. It's just, it's like, what, how were you? being treated, being treated. Home because mm-hmm. it I knew to I knew the home life wasn't I mean like I don't want to say too much because I think people who know us might be able to connect the yeah. dots on who it was <laughs> but I know that the home life wasn't as picture perfect as it was created to show yeah. the world because I was I was there for very mild moments but I was told about more like explosive dysfunctional moments mm. and and I believe I believe that that could have escalated but yeah it's interesting because you think about like okay well what's going on in someone's house but then sometimes I think about my own house and what went on in it when I was home and I'm like okay well I wasn't cool to other people so oh yeah and that's where I feel like I don't know I feel like there's this scale, right? Like when you get, like when you're going through a rough childhood, there's a scale. There's the scale of, okay, I know what this is like and I don't want anybody else to feel this way. So I'm going to do all I can to like walk on eggshells, people please, to make sure everybody's feeling okay. And then the other opposite is like, I hate everyone. I want everybody to Mm. feel the pain that I'm feeling and I'm going to turn into this like misery loves company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or you're like projecting how you feel so that someone else, like you can get rid of how you're feeling and you put it onto somebody else. Like you're getting rid of the vibration by spreading it. And that's why I like the older generations, I'm not trying to talk bad about older generations. Like I'm hear me out, but they tend to say things like, well, back in my day, I had to do this suck it up and you should do it too type of mentality. And it's like, the way that I look at it is like, if I had a struggle growing up, I would want to do all I can so that people, future generations don't have to struggle, you know, but it feels like me, some of the older generations want the future generations to struggle. It's bizarre. 
They're like, oh, we struggled. So you should have to too, or you can get through it. We got through it. Yeah. I think like, I think sometimes I meet older people and they're very open and um, like I have a friend and her, her mom in particular is like very free and very like open-minded and you can have like very different conversations about your experiences and how you're dealing with them. And she's very like receptive. And then I meet older people who are just like very closed off. So I think sometimes what happens is with the older generations, there's not, it's not taught how to process and emotionally regulate Mm -hmm. and that that's, and that that's a thing and that that's okay. And we've had so much and even as a ICU nurse that's brand new I mean we have friends who are who are ICU nurses who have seen so much more for so many more years than than I have but like so much mental health and suicide attempts and successful suicides that like we really have to stop that narrative of suck it up and just do it and do more of like the work of why do I feel this way and where where does it come from and like being okay with showing your emotions about being upset because if we continue to not have the conversations that are required for us to grow as like a community and get mentally strong together or individually like the problem is just going to get so much more work like so much worse and that's like to uh josh and i were having conversations last night about parenting and what kind of parenting styles we would want to have And I'm the very more like, I want my kids to be able to communicate with me. I don't want them to fear me. But he also Mm kind of has the mindset of, well, if they don't have somewhat of like this fear, then then they might like walk all over us. But it's like Mm -hmm. all about how do you, you know, discipline your children without being fear-based? Because that's my approach. I know people call it like gentle parenting, but also when people say gentle parenting, they get really thrown off because a lot of people use the term gentle parenting for permissive parenting and they're Mm. two separate things. You have to explain, you have to explain that to me because uh, I'm not in the same realm of wanting children. So I don't know, I don't know what either one is. Yeah. So with permissive parenting, I still am not 100% on what exactly it means, but I think it's more so like not showing kids consequences for actions or something like that. I have to do more research on it. Let me search what the actual. Yeah, because I'm not as familiar with it because I'm not quite in the same place that you are. I was going to say, I think that a lot of people misconstrue like what respect is mm. in a relationship between a parent and a child. And mm-hmm. I think if you have communication and trust, you probably also have a healthy amount of respect. Exactly. Because in my mind, that saying of like respect is earned is true, but it's earned in both ways. It's earned as a parent and as a child. Like if you're going to, you know, give your 16 year old kid the keys to your car, that's, I, I respect you enough to give you the keys, but I, I would hope and pray that you respect me enough and see like the hard work that goes into the life we've culminated for you I totally hear what you mean by that building that respect and in my opinion coming from a family who and I'm sure you can relate as well but when like I my dad would get mad and yell and scream and that to me wasn't respect it was more so fear fearing like creating fear within me 
Mm. And you're not going to go to someone that you fear and confide in them. Like think about it as not a parent child dynamic, but just as two people Mm -hmm. who are communicating on like a very base basic level, like someone who fears someone else is not going to go to that person and confide in them because they're scared of them. And then it creates this relationship where there's lying and distrust and rebellion and all. And that's not to say that obviously some parents do all the right things and the kids don't turn out great, which is part of my fear of becoming a parent. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to build that that trust and communication and respect and hope that like you've done all you can and you've raised this good little human being and and then kind of like release them into the world and hope that like all is going to be well and yeah that's a scary thought I still have thoughts of like oh my gosh because I can say how I want to raise my child now but I'm not going to know until I'm actually in that moment and I'm not going to be a perfect parent by any means that's for sure because Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as perfect and we make mistakes and each each parent like each child you parent too is going to be different because each child has their own spirit and personality that they bring and then it's interesting I I forget which book I, I heard this in it was a book about how different siblings get a different season of parent uh-huh. And so like the first kid brother, gets sure. a different style of parent than like the second kid or the third kid and like each and so each person's experience of childhood is very unique and it's their own story and isn't it interesting how like astrology can reflect that like the moon sign represents the mother in the relationship you have with your mother so most of the time siblings Hmm. uh we should do an episode on my mother (laughs) yeah they have literally though they have different moon signs most of the time, sometimes they'll have the same moon sign if they have the similar experience with their mom. But yeah, so like I'm a Sagittarius moon. My brother's a Gemini moon. We have opposite experiences because those are sister signs. So they're opposite. And then I believe you're a Taurus moon and your sister's a Virgo moon. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so for you, it's like like emotional support that you needed was to feel very like provided for. And if you didn't feel provided for, If you didn't have a stable home life, then you probably didn't feel like you had a stable connection with your mom. Mm -hmm. And then with your sister, because she was the oldest as well. So this kind of makes a lot of sense. But with the Virgo moons, it's like she felt like her needs went unnoticed and she had to be the caretaker. Oh, Oh, yeah, I could see that. A lot of parentification with my sister and some to myself as well. But most, most, uh, most of it was on my sister. It's just so interesting. interesting. Speaking of astrology and relationships, we should talk about our little decision to do our podcast and how astrology kind of played into that. Personal spirituality. Spirituality. I can't talk. This is why I'm always telling people on my podcast that astrology can be so mind-blowing and I actually love learning about it, but there's a thing called synastry chart. So that's when you take one person's chart and your own chart. You put them together and you can see how each other's planets like are affecting each other. So like, for example, I'll take me and my husband, for example, my Mercury is conjunct 
his Mercury, his Mercury is conjunct my moon, his Mercury is conjunct my Venus. So communication is relatively really like good between us because of that. So with Courtney and I, so when she, we first were really talking about this and she was like, no, we really have to do this. And I was like, you know what? I've been begging for years, but it was also my fault. We didn't start sooner. <laughs> yeah. Cause she had to get a microphone. We had to get like all this all set up and whatnot. And, you know, she was killing it with nursing school and all you nurses out there know how draining nursing school can be. But I was like, you know what? Let me look at our synastry chart again, because I'm just so curious. And one of the tightest conjunctions that we have is the Midhaven conjunct Lilith. And when I learned about what this meant, I was actually mind blown because it literally says, this pair has the potential to be successful in the public eye by challenging the status quo and rocking the boat in shocking ways. And on top of that, we have a bunch of other aspects that are really good for business and working together. So I was like, that is like, it's like written in the stars that we were meant to be having these conversations and collaborating. And I thought that's so crazy because I always talk about how certain people are led to us for certain reasons. And I truly believe that you were brought into my life for many, 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 many reasons. Mm, so and many I'm reasons. I'm pretty sure we've spent many lifetimes together. Um, we actually have some aspects that even would indicate that. But one of them is, I think too, because we had been there for each other through some of our most difficult moments. Like I would run to you when I was heartbroken over a guy and you would run to me for the same reasons and just like mm-hmm. through losses in our life. It's just oh so, so many impactful. pivotal moments of losing huge people in my life that, that Lauren has literally been directly by my side. That is just like, you can't imagine. It's mind blowing, honestly. And when I like look back and I reflect, I'm like, wow, like we were literally meant to go through some of these hard moments, be there for each other. And then it led us to this moment right here where we're recording this episode, you know, it's just, and if you think about it, if we never went through all those hard moments, we probably wouldn't feel called to talk about these topics and help other people together. Yeah. I think you're our lives shape us. And sometimes we think and we're like, oh, you know, I wish I was just like born wealthy and unknown, you know, cause like what's better than that? Like being a celebrity is hard, but being born wealthy and completely unknown, like in our ideal minds, we're like, oh, that would be like gravy. That's literally the <laughs> born jackpot, but like you wouldn't be who you were mm-hmm. now in this present moment. And you wouldn't be growing or processing or reflecting in the way that that you are if you didn't have those those things that make you who you are I think my uh, my husband puts it really well he says you know there's like a lot of things that I wish were different of the aspects of my life growing up but if I didn't have the parents and the things that happened to me when they happened I wouldn't be the person I am today I wouldn't have the grit that I have to do the things that actually make me really fulfilled. And it's pretty, I think that's pretty wise. I also think, what was I going to say? You said something that made me think of something and now I forgot. <laughs> Maybe it will come to me. Yeah. I can't. It'll come to me later. It was, it was good. Isn't that so frustrating when that happens? Like, oh yeah. I had it and it was like going to be so good. And then I forgot totally. Oh, it happens. But I think about it. But yeah, essentially I just, I feel like our friendship was very like faded. I mean, we grew up on the same street. 
And I swear, like, it's funny because I was talking to Josh in the car the other day and I was talking about, like, I don't even know how, but I was like, yeah, I can't believe I live in my hometown. And he's, and I was just like, honestly, but I really did love the neighborhood I grew up in. He's like, yeah, you talk about it all the time. I'm like, no, but honestly, that neighborhood had such an impact on who I am today. It's insane. And I'm sure it's still the same. Having that opportunity to, there's a lot of things that I think, like I was just saying that we could highlight negative aspects of our childhood. But one of the things that I think I have a lot of gratitude for would be the opportunity to grow up in a place that's safe, that for the most part, we could go outside and play together and get covered in dirt and scrape our knees and eat popsicles and you know you'd have the ice cream truck come and all that kind of like classic like running through your neighbor's yard barefoot kind of scenario in the cemetery like normal kids playing in the cemetery uh where like a lot of people don't get that opportunity and there's a lot of things I think that happened as we were maturing maybe in middle school and high school that made us kind of accelerate our growth process into being like mini adults sooner than maybe we should have been but we did actually get a decent amount of time when we were young to just be kids with each other yeah exactly and like you said it's like the hardships like I used to like look at hardships and difficult moments with just so much frustration like why me why do I have to go through this and like I let it literally put me in like a victim mentality mode But now I can like reflect and look back at all the hardships and even some that I'm still going through now, like just difficult moments that I'm like, what the hell? Like, why am I not? My brain just clicked. I just remembered. (laughs) Oh, you remembered it? Yeah. Sure. sure. So my thing was going to be like the, uh, to backtrack a little bit, one of my things is going to be, uh, the other, like along with the sinistry part, we have these conversations privately, normally on the phone Mm -hmm. and we'll talk for like two hours. And I always wanted to share them because I felt like they might be useful to other people in some way, or we could hear other people's interesting stories or even like eventually having guest speakers on. Yes. Um, But like, I always feel emotionally fulfilled and energetically charged. Like we would get off the phone and then we text each other, like almost at the same time and be like, oh my God, I love that conversation. It was so like enriching and it filled my soul. And that I kind of wanted to just do this as well to like spread that to other people. Absolutely. And that's what I was thinking in my head (laughs) that I forgot. Yes. No, it's so true though. I, that's why I always love when we talk because I feel like we can have those in-depth combos and get like spiritual mindset and and our perspectives, I feel like are very helpful for one another. Exactly. And then I think one of the other things that we both agreed was really important to us from the beginning was to be really authentic about our sound and our conversations and the topics that we talk about. We don't want to turn anyone away necessarily by what we talk about, but we want to create an environment where you know, this is going to be an open-minded podcast where we explore things that are like, like the astrology says, controversial, controversial, you say <laughs> controversial. it. I can't even say Thank it now. You. Now, yeah, I'm like, now I'm like, controversial. Controversial. I, where's, where's Trevor when I need him? Um, and kind of go against like the status quo because it's going to create a, a mindset 
where you're open to different topics and you're looking at people who are different from you with respect and curiosity. Because I think we've kind of lost that too as a society. Mm-hmm. We're like people who are different from us. And, and obviously there's like, you know, a boundary there where like, you know, someone's like cold murdering people or oh, geez, yeah. like violating people. Like, okay, we don't yeah. need to understand exactly. them necessarily. Or maybe like, this is the wrong podca- podcast where you should go to a true cut. Co- True True crime. (laughs) But like in general, like, you know, we want to talk about things that, you know, kind of break down our own thought barriers and might make some people feel uncomfortable at first. But I think over time, if you remain open, you'll see that we're just trying to explore all aspects of different thinking and different approaches while not totally writing someone off who's different from us. Because like- I know that we'll eventually talk about uh, spirituality versus religion at some point mm-hmm. um, and our viewpoints on that. And when we get to that, it can be really triggering for some people who are very religious. But I urge you, you know, if you are really religious and you, you've listened this far and you really like it to remain open minded about mm-hmm. when we get to that point and that we are not in any way like bad mouthing where someone else stands. We respect each person for their beliefs and how they feel. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're pushing for, creating just a community where people feel safe and heard. And yeah, ideally we would love to, you know, work with people in the near future, future where we're doing, you know, just having sit down conversations like this for anybody listening who wants to, I don't know, maybe come in and have a conversation with us feel free to email me. We are open for that. And yeah, at the end of the day, I think hearing different perspectives and, you know, having different opinions from other people is actually a great opportunity for growth. So that's what we're aiming for here. <laughs> is Don't Mercury retrograde? Because I know it's not, but like, dang, I'm so tongue twisted today. I think it's just, we're both too excited to get yeah. this started. Exactly. Um, we have so many ideas in the works. So oh. We gave you a little bit of a, you know, taste, taste of what to expect here. And hopefully you enjoyed getting to know Courtney a little bit. This is my bestie and I'm so happy to be starting this with her and for all the future episodes to come and then eventually branching out and having our own podcast together. Yes, that is the video. That is the goal. With video, that is the goal. And And we just appreciate everyone. Yes, we appreciate everyone who like listens and takes something from this. And please, please, if anything we talked about like resonated or impacted you or you had an experience that you want to share with us, definitely comment, write to us, let us know because we share your uh, the whole point. Yes. Oh mine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. My Instagram is Katney. It's C-A-H-T-N-E-Y if anyone wants to follow me. I don't have a personality. So that's literally my raw personal Instagram. I don't have multiple accounts like Lauren. You don't so have a personality. You, uh, talk yourself celebrity down personality. On this podcast. I just have my regular account. So what you see is what you get, unfortunately, with me. No, trust me. I think authenticity is so much better than, you know, pretending that everything's perfect. Oh, Cheddar, we love you. He's awake now, so he's going to dominate. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we really hope to see you next time. Mm